Burnout is one of the most dangerous things that a psychotherapist faces. Let's face it, when we are in sessions and dealing with people's really intense issues, we know that we are susceptible to really losing our ability, our capacity to maintain a level of presence because we're human as well. And so burnout is a real thing that we talk about as therapists and something that I'm going to be discussing in this episode. My name is Monica Maurer and I am a psychotherapist. I've been a therapist for almost 20 years and I'm also the founder and director of the CFT Institute. At the Center for Transformation Institute, we desire to partner with therapists to help therapists enhance their personal and professional growth. And so burnout, we know, is something that is very important for us as professionals. If we're going to grow, if we're going to go to the next level in terms of who we are as therapists, we are going to learn to deal with the inevitable burnout that is coming our way. And so what is burnout? It is something that happens when we are emotionally taxed, when we have given it all and we are spent. We have tried to maybe see too many people or handle too many tough cases or maybe there's something going on in our lives simultaneously that creates a conflict for us as we're doing our job. And so we end up coming to this place of kind of questioning ourselves at a deeper level. Even some dissociative symptoms can begin happening as well as intense emotional dysregulation for us as therapists, which I think creates the cycle of questioning ourselves. Should I be doing this job? Maybe it's too much for me. And I think that happens um, for a variety of reasons, like I listed before. And I know if you know if you are if you found this video and you are a therapist, you have likely experienced this, and you've likely been in a class where they have taught you, hey, these are some of the things to do for burnout. Um, typically, you know, they're telling us about you know self care, get enough sleep, get some, get your rest, get um, some a good diet and exercise, uh, make sure you spend uh, plenty of time with good friends and family. Uh, you know, there's a variety of things that in our in our field that are presented to us. But today, I want to present some furthering information in regard to burnout and what we can do to prevent it and deal with it when it comes our way. And so if we're going to go kind of next level and take it and take it deeper, I have some thoughts around it that I think are pretty, um, they've been helpful for me. They've been helpful for our team at the CFT and I think they'll be helpful for you. And so the first thing that I want to present today is just this idea of, uh, of differentiating in, in your empathy. You know, as we are meeting with clients, we want to be so empathic with them. We want to connect to them. But what happens, what Dan Siegel says about it, is that when we, when we connect and really imagine that their problem is our problem, what happens is uh, sometimes a, a type of en enmeshment occurs where there isn't a, a difference between what I'm feeling and what they're feeling. I am, I, I, I'm almost becoming them and I'm entering into that space with their emotion that's a bit too deep. 
And what we want to think about as therapists is that we are differentiated. We are different people than the client we serve. And while we want to come alongside them and have compassion, we need to do that in a differentiated or boundaried way. And so we don't want to be cold-hearted. We want to be fully invested and fully connected and truly sincere in our empathy and compassion. At the same time, disconnecting at some level, um, helping ourselves to remind ourselves that their problem is not my problem. I'm coming alongside them with empathy and compassion, human compassion, and deep compassion. But if I'm able to stay differentiated from their problem, knowing that I am a separate individual, I'm a separate entity, I'm a separate human, that I can actually have more ability to be present, maintain presence, and not get um, depleted and then result, you know, have a resulting effect of, of, of burnout. And so I know Brene Brown talks about that as well. When she talks about boundaries, she says boundaries, empathy without boundaries is not empathy, right? So compassion without boundaries is not compassion. Um, it becomes a, t- a form of codependency. So we want to really watch out for that. I know Dr. Wilder, um, who is a neurotheologian who I really enjoy, he talks about when he was active in doing psychotherapy, he would make sure he would stay connected to himself by looking at the client, staying present with the client, and then looking down maybe at um, you know his jeans or whatever he was wearing that day at his knees, at his shoes, and just taking a deep breath, pulling himself together, and then coming back. Now, Looking down, I mean, I'm sure if we did it for longer than a few seconds would be distracting for the client, but to simply look away for a couple seconds and then look back is a good way to kind of pace yourself, keep yourself at a, a bit of a, a sense of staying in, in, your, in your own body and, and connected to your own, um, your own presence, connected and grounded in yourself so that you can come as a differentiated part and link um, and integrate uh, with your client in a way that is helpful, compassionate, where they know that they are being heard and seen and, and um, cared for in a very profound and helpful way at the same time that the therapist isn't losing themselves in the client and then resulting in in burnout and, and emotional depletion. So that's one thing to think about. Another thing to really think about is the idea of loving ourselves as therapists. You know, we, when we see many people in a week, um, and over the span of a month and and months and years, um, there can be a sense of, you know, failure, you know, you can do great with, you know, all, you know, five clients you saw on the day. And then that sixth one is like, Oh, I felt like I said the wrong thing or they got upset or, or whatever. And we don't want to, you know, be narcissistic about it and push back any feedback and say, no, that's the client's issue. They're the one with the problem. I've heard therapists in the past say some things like, you know, well, they're, you know, they're the one here for their mental health issues. So it can't be my problem. It's got to be them. But I don't think that's healthy. I know um, there's also trainings I've been in where they've said, hey, listen, a good therapist are the ones who actually receive feedback, take it in 
and and uh, and metabolize it, let it digest, and consider how how could I have been different in that situation? What could I have done differently? What could I have said in a more helpful way? But we want to be able to do that as therapists in a way that's life giving to ourselves. We you know. Um, I know Dr. Wilder, as well as Peter Levine, talk about this concept of metabolizing healthy shame rather than toxic shame, because shame is um, is, a, is a naturally occurring emotion. It happens uh, as a sixth of a second response to a stimulus. It, it's going to come up. Shame is going to be a, an emotion we feel when someone's not glad to be with us, when we feel like we're not good enough. And what we want to do is take in healthy shame messages and metabolize them. And if we do that, they produce wisdom. And if we can do this as therapists, if we can take in feedback from our clients, nonverbal, verbal, um, you know, their actions, even people not coming back, not returning to therapy after we've seen them for a period of time, there's a disappointment with that. And sometimes we don't always know why, why, why they aren't coming back. Did I do something? Did I say something? Um, could I have done that differently? And being able to take in that feedback in a healthy way, not in a self-deprecating way, not in a way of pushing you know, it back on the client, but being able to say, hey, this is you know, clearly what I could have done a little bit differently. Even getting some advice from supervisors or colleagues um, or even our own personal therapist to say, hey, this is what this is what you could have done differently, or yeah, I can see how this part of your personality um, could come across like that at times. Um, even doing the Enneagram and finding out um, what you know what your type is and what what the what the weaknesses of your type may be, so that you know I have a propensity toward this, so I could impact clients like this. If we can take in that feedback in healthy ways and it produces wisdom in us, it ends up being life giving. It ends up being something that uh, gives us more motivation to do a better job and to be there for people in in a more profound way. It doesn't deplete us or take from us or create burnout, even though for periods of time we could feel some deep emotion about what's going on and what has gone on in the therapy setting. We can also, you know, wake up a renewed in the morning or um, after a few days of processing something and have renewed energy and motivation because we have actually learned. Uh, um, from the experience that we've had. I know that I've had a couple of clients in my period of being a counselor that I had to um, terminate early and, and I was really sad about that and I didn't want to but there was a sense of a boundary needing to be set in, in these situations and it was just so heavy for me in those situations and I know it took more than just a couple of days to metabolize and understand what happened there and what could I have done differently and could I have done something differently and you know how can I learn from that experience to be a better therapist and I believe that as we do that as therapists it can have some amazing results on our own maturity our own ability to be who we want to be for our clients for ourselves for our families 
um, for our friendships, just who we want to be on the earth. And so it is such an honor and a privilege to have this job and be able to do these things. And really the last thing that I wanted to say in terms of burnout, the third thing that I'll mention here today is this idea of becoming the best therapist you can be. And I think on the one hand, that's about you know receiving the feedback and metabolizing it, digesting it, becoming wise from that. But another thing we can do is really get all the education that we possibly can. You know, I, there was a period of time in my career where I just got the CEUs that I could get, the least expensive, the easiest ones to obtain. And I wasn't really thinking about what do I want to learn and what do I want to offer to my clients. And somewhere along the way, um, I actually had a colleague who really inspired me to learn more, learn things that make me feel excited, learn things that make me feel motivated to be able to apply to my work with specific clients that have challenged me. And so... That is my challenge to you if you're listening here. That is to find the, the, the therapy training, the therapeutic modality that you would like to get certified in or that you would like to learn more about that really would inspire and help you to be the best you can be as you're sitting in the chair. You know, when we start off, when we're novice, um, when we're getting our licensure hours, you know, we don't always know as much about what we're doing and we're learning, we're, we're absorbing. And then I think as, you know, we get kind of used to it, we get in a bit of a, a, a cycle, we can, we can get bored maybe and and not and lose that that sense of excitement for the career and the learning aspect of it. And I just want to encourage you, don't do that. Don't get complacent. Really seek out what do I want to learn? I want to be a lifelong learner. And we know the more we learn, the more we're building neural networks in our brain, we're preventing um, our, our brains from going into dementia or Alzheimer's at some point in our lives as we're just, you know, tackling new things and really stretching ourselves. And I tell you, those that is, I think, one of the best ways to prevent burnout because there's an excitement and an energy and a renewed focus that can come as we're learning and growing and becoming our best, the best we can be. And, you know, we went and we, we, we actually came into this field because we love people because we want to help people. And we felt like we had something to offer to these individuals. And so it's important for us to really grow and learn all that we can learn to help even the most complex cases and to not get complacent, to do our own therapy, to get supervision when needed, no matter how long we've been a therapist and what what level that we believe that we are. And so those are those are some helpful tips for burnout. We'll be talking about some some imposter syndrome and um, you know spirituality and um, neurology here in some upcoming episodes. And I look forward to seeing you again soon.